people oh lordy lordy did you catch the little cameo in the cold open right there if you didn't we're gonna throw to it in just a second once again i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report direct message it is april 8th 2022 we are live streaming on rumble and on blaze and on youtube subscribe if you have not already we got a whole bunch to get to today i'm in a good mood on this Friday. It was Miami Mike, my producer's birthday last night. We went out in Miami, and yet we all came to work today because we are a professional organization over here at the Rubin Report. Uh, Let's throw back to that cold open because I don't know if everybody saw what I saw. This is at a University of Buffalo Allen West event. Allen's a good buddy of mine and a great American. Spider-Man just chilling on the stairs at this University of Buffalo thing. So Alan West, of course you guys know Alan West. I've had him on the show a couple of times, Colonel Alan West. He is a truly a great, great American, like an American hero. This is a wonderful, spectacular patriot. Uh, he was trying to give a talk at the University of Buffalo, SUNY Buffalo, State University of New York at Buffalo. I went to State University of New York at Binghamton in New York. My brother actually went to SUNY Buffalo Is Spider-Man my brother? Possibly. I guess it's as possible as anything else. But here are these lunatic, lefty, woke, wackadoodles. You know, I don't want to say violently, but they are basically forcing the issue here. They are making sure that this guy cannot talk peacefully. They are using their free speech to infringe on someone else's free speech, which you're not allowed to do. One more time. I just want to see, because the the way that Spider-Man is just sitting there, even Spider-Man is like, eh, like Sandman, fine. Green Goblin, fine. These people, just let them be. Let them be. It's just, anyway, I just thought that was just like a perfect way to start the show. Uh, guys, if you have not heard, I have a book coming out in four days, okay? Four days, that's less than 100 hours from now. Don't burn this country. I've started some of the press. Much of it will be uh, leaking out over the next couple of days, but the book comes out on Tuesday, daverubin.com slash book. If you order it now, you can get your book on Tuesday. It's good, I promise you. And I did read the audio book myself. It's funny, it's light, it's enjoyable. You can listen to it on the train or on the plane or when you're sitting or when you're walking or whatever else you might do. And I'm going on tour. Uh, We got a big tour coming. I will be with Don Jr. in West Palm Beach on April 19th. That's the first show. Then Benny Johnson in Clearwater, Andrew Clavin in Raleigh, North Carolina, Michael Malice in Atlanta, Yanmi Park in Chicago, Glenn Beck in Dallas, Megan McCain in DC, Megan Kelly in West Nyack, Dennis Prager in Brea, Larry Elder in Oxnard, Douglas Murray in San Jose, Blake Masters in Phoenix, Brian Callen in Denver, DaveRubin.com slash events. There are a couple VIP tickets left, I think, at each show. We expanded them because all the VIP uh, seats sold out real quick for the meet and greet and the one-second hug and the whole shebang. Uh, So we did add some, so I think there are some left over. So I hope to see you guys out there. And just to be very clear, the DC show, which was canceled, has been uncanceled. The venue... Uh, I believe, is it the Majestic Theater or the Miracle Theater in D.C.? What is it? What, get, me, get me the name on a theater. It's either the Majestic or the Miracle Theater. Miracle? It's the Miracle Theater. Well, a miracle happened. They uh, originally had told us there would be no uh, vaccine passport, no testing requirements, masks, any of that. 
So we booked the, the room. Then, of course, they said there would be the requirements. We canceled it. And then, because we pushed and pushed and pushed, they backed down, and the show in D.C. is on. Okay, let's get to the show today. As I said, I'm psyched. I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to roll. Uh, we're going to just basically do a weekly recap of just the general state of lunacy that just does not seem to stop coming. And it ain't going to stop coming. And let me just do one last little promo here. This book has some of the ways that you can push against it. I've been hinting at a lot of the ways here on the, uh, the Dave Rubin program. And I think that uh, some of the other ways I've left them in the pages of that book. So yeah, we're going to get into the week that was just the, the left and the wokesters. They just keep coming, but we're pushing back. We're fighting. Okay, fine. So let's start at the border. We've got a problem on the southern border. We're not talking about it that much right now. Actually, if you're paying attention to the corporate press, which of course lies about everything or doesn't cover stories they don't want to cover, there hasn't been a tremendous amount about what's going on on the Texas border for the most part, but it's Arizona too. It's a, there's some other places where there's all these border people coming in and they get into other states and everything else. Okay, fine. Um, so you're not seeing it so much in the mainstream media, but there are some media outlets, mostly Fox News from a mainstream perspective, that are covering what's going on down there right now. So we've got a quote here from Fox News. A border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz predicted the U.S. will reach one million migrant encounters at the southern border for this fiscal year any day now, which would likely indicate an outpacing of last year's over 1.7 million. The Heritage Foundation president, Dr. Kevin Roberts, is sounding the alarm on the border crisis warning the migrant surge is upending the American way of life as border agents grapple with strained resources and staff shortages. When you visit the border, as I've done many times, and you talk to mayors and county officials, but most of all, regular Americans, you realize that this surge is upending the American way of life. This is not a Democrat or Republican problem, he continued. It's run by a Biden-Harris regime that actually wants illegal immigration to happen to upend our American way of life, Dr. Roberts stated. We have to get to a fair, transparent immigration system that honors the rule of law. Okay, so let's start with the basics, the 101 stuff. Having a border, whether it is a wall or it is electronic or it is a moat or there's robots there and alligators and a whole bunch of other stuff, is not racist. Every country exists to say, hey, this is our land. These are the rules we have in our land. Our land is for our people. That's it. There, there is nothing racist about that, period. That's number one. Number two, if you don't defend your border, if you just say, hey, people can just kind of wander on through, and then we might give them a bunch of stuff. We'll get to that in just a second. Then in essence, you don't have a country. You just have sort of an amorphous blob that can kind of exist and not exist and doesn't really have any rules. And I guess that's sort of at some level what the Democrats really do want us to have here. Um, that's number one. Number two, um, it seems to me that this administration is intentionally doing this, right? They, they sort of tell people to come, then they kind of tell them not to come, but then they give them money and gifts and transportation and a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you don't believe me, uh, well, occasionally they tell people, they realize how bad it's getting, and then they tell people not to come, even though every other message is that they should come. Here's Jen Psaki actually saying something sane. And we will continue to take additional steps to implement um, and make clear uh, that this is not the time to come. My God, is that the first time on the show? Is that it? That, that, I got two thumbs up over there. This might be it. 
Thaki actually said something sane. I should have had some sort of little thing that I could have, you know, like I cracked a bottle of champagne or something. That was extraordinary. But the reason she's saying don't come right now is because of those numbers that I just read, this million already, as we're only in, you know, the fourth month, the beginning of the fourth month of the year. Uh, the numbers are out of control and even the Democrats who have let this all happen and tried to desperately stop Orange Man from doing something about it, even they're realizing we got a problem on our hands. Uh, but the press conference continued and then Saki went back into her, her usual nonsensical lying or obfuscating the truth self. Uh, here she is uh, talking to Peter Ducey about uh, stuff that were given the illegal people. Why would you give illegal people stuff? Am I too old school? I don't really get it. First on immigration, our team in Texas is uh, saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or uh, to be tracked. I, which part of that is supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Well, I, I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are and we can track and, and we can check in with them. So we give people, people come here illegally. They have no right to be here. Now I'm for legal immigration, having a process. If you'd like to come here, we can discuss what that number is. We could discuss whether you have to have family here or a place to stay here or what your skills are. Do we need those skills, that labor, et cetera, et cetera. We are a nation of immigrants. All of my great grandparents, and I think on one side, one great grandfather, first generation immigrants, all came here. American dream, same as your family. Okay, pretty good. Uh, but you can't just walk in and then you get stuff. You get a phone and they give you the phone and then uh, Ducey asks a perfectly legitimate question. Uh, you know, people might toss that phone away or not. Like, are they tracking? She almost implied that they actually track people with these phones, which would be sort of like, you know, tracking cattle, which I don't even know if that would be considered legal or not, or if that's ethical or not. I mean, if people are here illegally and you want to track them, that actually sort of seems right to me. I don't know, there's some, there's some legal and I would say philosophical, ethical issues around that. Uh, but yeah, we give people phones and we know that we also give them money and we know that we bust them all over the country and everything else. Ron DeSantis here in Florida, by the way, if they try to put any of these people in Florida, he's bussing them to Delaware, which is just absolutely spectacular. Uh, but you know, we've had very mixed messaging on uh, whether people should come because everything the Democrats do is telling people to come. And then suddenly they say, do not come. And you may remember we put this one together. Shout out to Connor. This is not the time to come. Do not come. Do not come. I'm gonna come. That's some fine work there, Connor. You're getting the guacamole today. Ah, oh, internet. We love you, internet. Uh, all right, you got the point. There, there's some immigration problems here and the mixed messaging is allowing people to come and whether we're giving them phones or not and what are we doing with them, et cetera, et cetera. It's all completely bananas. But okay, let's move past immigration because the big thing lately is whether boys are girls and girls are boys. <laughs> that really is the number one issue in America. So let's go now to Saki. And basically, yeah, the government pretty much wants to pay for these procedures. Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. Okay, first off, I'm not exactly sure that that's true, that every major medical 
situation is telling you that gender affirming surgery is best practice and potentially life-saving. If, if you're a little confused about this stuff and what's happening to young girls who want to transition to boys, uh, specifically, you should uh, check out my interview with Abigail Schreier. She wrote an extraordinary book about this, and there is all sorts of conflicting medical information about this, and their bodies are changing, and this has nothing to do with hating trans people, and it has nothing to do with not wanting adults to live the way that they live, but then she says it's potentially life-saving, and it's like, and then you couple this with all of the other nonsense, all of the other nonsense that we've been talking about with Bill HB 1557, better known, unfortunately, as the Don't Say Gay Bill, which, as you know, could just as easily be called the Don't Say Straight Bill. You combine all of this stuff, and it's like, why is it that state employees want to talk about gender dysphoria, about gender assignment, and all of this stuff with young children? Why do they want to hide it from the parents? And now why does the federal government and some state governments want to pay for that for children? Like, what really is going on here? I'm actually not totally sure. I'm not totally sure. But something is extremely wrong, and we all know it. You all know it deep down. You don't need me to tell it to you, right? You know it. Why is the federal government interested in paying for genital mutilation on minors who cannot make willful decisions about their bodies? Their brains have not developed to figure out what they want or not. And even if you took an eight-year-old who really, really felt, an eight-year-old boy who really, really felt that he was a girl, it doesn't mean that transitioning him with all of the, the hormones and medical procedures and everything else that have to come with it will lead him to a happier life. It does not. And what happens if that eight-year-old, when he's 15, realizes he didn't want to do that? Are we going to start suing the government? But there is no radicalism too radical for these people. I mean, if 10 years ago you would have said that the federal government basically would want to pay to transition young boys to girls or girls to boys, people would have said you were nuts, but these people will not stop. We are in the woke dystopia of which I write. We are there right now, okay? It's actually crazy. There's a Canadian study, by the way, that one out of five minors who make the decision to transi transition reverse the decision. One out of five, okay? One out of five. Now really think about that, that's 20 so by the time they're 18, they're young, they decide to do it, or the parents push them to do it, or the administrator or the school officials, teachers, et cetera, push them to do it. And then 20% of them say that's not good. Well, you know what? If your genitals are gone, if you've taken life-altering hormone therapy for years and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, you got real problems. You got real problems. But it's not just Saki that's pushing this, and it's not just the lunatics in California and everything else. Here's Health and Homeland Secretary uh, Xavier Becerra uh, saying that uh, he is for it too. This, this is a key guy in the whole operation, Health and Homeland Security Secretary Xavier Becerra. So for the record, you favor HHS's funding being able for, to, for sex reassignment for surgeries on minors. I will do everything I can to defend any American, including children, whether or not they fit the categories you have mentioned or not, and if they talk about gender-affirming care, I am there to protect the rights of any American. Just to be clear, HHS is Health and Human Services. I think I said Homeland. Uh, it's Health and Human Services. So this guy is intimately involved in this stuff. And uh, does that make sense to you? Why is the government paying for this? Why is the government pushing it? Why are corporations pushing it? Why? I'm asking you. Please let us know in the comments. 
down below. Why are they constantly doubling down on something? Something ain't right. But of course, uh, Disney is also doubling down on this. Disney, we've been covering this a lot over the last couple of weeks. All of this leaked video has come out that tons of their activist employees, um, who mostly should probably be in mental institutions, uh, they are telling you they are hiding this stuff in their programming. They are intentionally going out of their way to push this woke ideology. Uh, and now the Disney CEO, his name's Bob Chappick. And I didn't know much about Bob Chappick before this whole fight that he got into with Ron DeSantis. But I suspect, I suspect that Bob Chappick got the job as Disney CEO because he was a pretty competent executive. Disney is one of the most powerful corporations in the world. Culturally, it might be the most powerful corporation in the world. It owns all of our dreams at this point, right? It owns all of the stories. It owns Star Wars. It owns Mickey Mouse. It owns Marvel. That's a huge problem that a giant corporation would have that much influence over the stories that become the lore of our world. I think it's one of the reasons that we're, we're so broken right now that we don't have good stories anymore because, this, because giant corporations, whether they're woke or not, can't churn out good, true, original stories. Disney is the evil villain of a Disney story. In any way, in any case, Disney CEO Bob Chappick, uh, he got into the fight with DeSantis. Uh, he said, you know, and he basically summoned DeSantis as if he's the king and DeSantis did not take any of his shit and said, no, I don't care. I don't care that you have 70,000 employees here in Orlando. Uh, I, am, I am the chief executive for the people that elected me and, the, and, and, and for the people who didn't elect me, for all the citizens of Florida, actually. And we don't want this woke crap in our schools. And by the way, a lot of parents who take their kids to Disneyland and watch your stupid movies don't want it either. Well, despite DeSantis trying to smack some sense into this clown, Bob Chappick, uh, here he is groveling, pathetically groveling at the altar of his activist employees. I pledge to be a better ally for the LGBTQ plus community, apologize for not being the ally that you needed me to be, and committed to ensuring that our company lives up to its values. I meant every word, and that's what we're here to talk about today. I understand that we've made mistakes and the pain that those mistakes have caused. And I know that our silence wasn't just about the bill in Florida, but about every time an individual or institution that should have stood up for this community did not. I and the leadership team are determined to use this moment as a catalyst for more meaningful and lasting change. I wanna thank the LGBTQIA Advisory Council, their allies and everyone else who has submitted ideas on how we can take action. That seems authentic. Doesn't that seem authentic? I feel like they've got, they've got Mickey like standing right behind him like with a gun. They've got like bisexual Mickey or something. <laughs> I stand These people are just horrible. They're broken, woke morons and cowards. That's what they all, people wanna know what's the grand conspiracy, like who's pushing this? Why are they all pushing it? I don't know what it's all about, but I know it's a, it's a mix of a, of a lot of stuff. Right, it's a mix of woke activists and algorithms and, and crazy people who don't know what reality is anymore. And then it's pathetic, spineless people like the Disney CEO. Uh, but it's not just the Disney CEO. Here is another member of the LGBTP community. I've added the P, so this is the LGBT, you know that lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans community. I've added the P, so it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, potato community. This is CNN's Brian Stelter. In the United States, we're seeing a theme of the midterm elections emerging. It's the way you can see a wave start to form far from shore before it breaks on the beach. 
The theme, the talking point on the right, is about protecting kids from the dangers of the Walt Disney Company. Really. But Disney is just a, a stand-in. It's just a symbol for something bigger. A conservative backlash to growing acceptance of gay and transgender people. As this CNN.com reporting says, three months into the new year, lawmakers in dozens of states have introduced a slew of bills that could limit the rights of LGBTQ Americans. Some of those bills are framed as parental rights bills. Opponents say they're really actually anti-gay bills, and it's easy to picture this battle continuing right through the midterm elections. But for folks who aren't partisan warriors, this battle is incredibly disheartening. This is bigger than Disney. This is a preview of a midterm election battle. In fact, it's already raging on the right. Is anybody else paying attention to it? Should they? So first off, Stelter, I wanna be very clear. I'll speak directly to you. You're gonna be fired soon enough because no one's watching your shithole network and you're, you're an absolute joke. We'll get more to that in a second. But just know that when you're fired, all you did as a, uh, as a pundit or a media analyst or whatever it is that you pur purport to be, all you ever did was suck up to the power and lie and obfuscate the truth and make everything worse. And when you are fired, no one is gonna subscribe to your Substack. You'll be welcome on lo Locals, but no one will subscribe to your Locals. No, you have no support. All you have is a chair, which I assume is fortified for the wait. All you have is a chair on a show on CNN on Sundays, a show that existed before you and a show that will exist after you. You were useful to the system for a certain amount of time, you potato-like freak. But everything he said there was a lie or, or just a move off the truth. Oh, it's, this is really, uh, people say it's about parental rights, but it's really about anti-gay laws. There are no anti-gay laws. Ron DeSantis is not anti-gay. I was at Thursday at an event where I brought him on stage. I introduced him to my husband. He congratulated us on having kids. He sent us onesies for the babies. If there was a move on gay rights, do you think I'd be screaming about it? God, these people are liars and, and propagandists. I don't know how that happens to the human soul. I really don't. I really, I don't want to just, it's so easy, you're just a grifter, right? Like that's the easiest thing to say. Are you so confused, Potato? Are you so, so confused about what is true and what is reality? Why didn't he say, when he says, oh, but, but people really say this is about coming for LGBT rights. How about you say, what, the, what, what rights are they coming for? Are they stopping gay people from being married? Are they arresting gay people en masse? Are they closing gay bars? Are they not letting whatever? No, none of it, absolutely none of it. Awful, awful human beings. Um, okay, now here is Brian Stelter being destroyed. So I get a little something here today. So I got a little worked up about the potato, but there was a uh, disinformation conference going on over the last couple of days. Uh, and here is a University of Chicago student asking Brian Stelter and a couple other panelists a question about the way these people lie about everything. And I, I'm not kidding, I think I wanna hire this kid. Like this is just spectacular, take a look. My name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question's for Mr. Stelter. Uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jussie Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is 
dead or no longer operative. Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad, it's time for lunch. <laughs> uh, you have 30 seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds, but, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help him get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. I don't want to make too many fat jokes. I'm, you know, he's a, he's a large, portly fella. That's, that's okay. Uh, but, you know, his joke immediately, which is it's time for lunch, what, what happens, wh why do you joke in a situation like that? Why was his immediate move to go to a joke? Because the guy told the truth. That young man, by the way, his name is Christopher Phillips. And Christopher Phillips, if you're watching this, I just want to give you a massive shout out. You are far more of a journalist than anyone at CNN, period. Why have none of those questions been directly asked to Stelter before or to Acosta or Tapper or whoever else is working at that clown network anymore? I don't know. Nobody gets to ask them the questions. So Stelter jokes it off first about going to lunch. And that probably was what was really weighing on him. Like the guy needs to eat every couple hours, obviously. Um, but uh, it's not just that. It's then his answer had nothing to do with the question. He could have addressed the Sandman allegations. He could have addressed the Kavanaugh allegations. He could have addressed any of the allegations that were laid there and how CNN lied about those things, but he turned it into something about Ukraine and that the, the CNN staff helped the Fox staff or something. That is nothing. And he kept repeating this phrase, shared reality, shared reality. Well, I wanna be very clear. If you're watching CNN and you believe it's true, or if you're a news anchor at CNN, I do not share your reality. I don't want to share your reality. You can have your reality. It's not my reality and it's not reality reality. It's a reality and it's a made up reality and it's a lying reality. Uh, I have real reality. Uh, you watching this, you have real reality and that's what we have to protect and defend. And as I keep saying, um, we have to mock the hell out of these people, let them burn themselves down, and we then have to build new things. And that really is where most of my energy is these days. And that's what's going to be probably for the rest of my career and life and purpose of this show and everything else that I do. But the nonsense, the sheer ridiculous, give me a good adjective here. Well, I, I, I always say bananas. Give me something here. Just absurdity. Thank you with your thesaurus over there the sheer absurdity of everything going on. Well now, LA County, the place that I fled, and here's some money going into the Flea Cali Fund, which I, as I keep saying, I may be changing. It's, I was originally, it was gonna pay somebody to leave California and move to Florida, but actually I think, you know what, I'm officially making the change. I want 
I will pay someone to leave Florida. If you are a lefty wingnut moron, this Nikki Freed or Charlie Crist, I will pay you to leave Florida. Or maybe I'll have two charts. I don't know. I don't want to change it up on people. People have been emailing me that they really want the money at the end of the year to, to flee Cali. Anyway, LA County, which is the very city that I fled, uh, they are now uh, stopping people. Uh, <laughs> city, <laughs> they are stopping city supervisors and city employees from coming to Florida on official state business. Yeah, here's some info from the Dallas Morning News. The LA County Board of Supervisors voted Tuesday to bar its officials from traveling to Texas and Florida after those states enacted policies targeting LGBT youth. Yes, that is completely untrue, actually. The Pasadena Star News reported that the board vote was unanimous, I'm shocked, and specifically called out Florida's legislation barring instruction on sexual uh, orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Law by critics, as well as Texas's recent decision to investigate certain gender-affirming medical care for trans youth as child abuse. I just want to be very, very clear about this as a new Floridian, a, a, a proud Floridian. Stay the fuck away from our state. We don't want you. Please stay away. We don't want your money. We don't want your psychosis. Stay away. Don't come. And then I, yesterday when I heard this, I was trying to come up with a list. Who's left that's sane in Los Angeles at this point? I got three. I can come up with three right now. I got, uh, oh no. Well, one isn't quite in LA, but close enough. I've got uh, Dennis Prager. He's still in LA. They got Prager U over there. And they've got obviously some sane, great people over there. Uh, but out of public people, you got the Dennis Prager. He's still in Los Angeles. I don't know why. You got the Larry Elder, still in Los Angeles. I'm working on it, people. I'm working on it. And you got Adam Carolla. Those are the big three. We've got to save them and bring them to Florida. Enough of this insanity. And then the fourth one that I would loosely, he's not quite in LA proper, uh, but my buddy Rick Grinnell is still in California trying to save Cali. What are you doing, Rick? I mean, what are you doing? So yes, so they will not come here to Florida. They will not enjoy the sunshine. They will not enjoy the freedom. They will not enjoy the beaches. They will not enjoy the smiles. They will not enjoy the iguanas. And they can stay in their dystopian crap hole. But if you don't think that all of this is enough of just the nonsense that's going on, and it's a lot of nonsense. I hope you're enjoying the show today. I get it, it's nonsense, you know, it's like it's depressing and whatever, but it's also fun in a way. Here, here's Cory Booker, because you know, we got this Katanji Brown Jackson, she's getting confirmed. It's very exciting for these people. She doesn't know what a woman is, but okay, fine. She's just gonna be on the Supreme Court. Well, Cory Booker in another one of his theatrical moments. Yeah, look. Just finished the vote. Uh... Katanji Brown-Jackson has now been confirmed by the Senate to be a justice on the Supreme Court. And I think there are a lot of people who can appreciate this, that there is a lot of hurt in this world. There's a lot of private pain and personal injury. And we live in a nation with acres of ground that's been watered with tears and sadness. But today is a mountain of joy. Today is a day for celebration. Today I rejoice. I, I cry tears of joy. And I just wanna thank God and thank this extraordinary woman for persevering, 
through all of life's challenges, for overcoming all of life's obstacles and now rising and knowing as when I talk to her, she knows that we as a nation rise, rise with her. Is he literally selfie videoing himself from the closet? Like, is he, he's gay, right? Like, isn't that a thing? Like he's gay or I'm not, I don't mean that to be mean. Like gay is spectacular. Everyone's gay now. You better be gay. Oh my God, it's wonderful. He's just such an overly emotional theater kid. That's what he is. He's a seventh grade theater child. What a, people thought he was going to be president, you clowns. He's an actor. He's nothing. He's a ridiculous actor. But here's noted wizard Kamala Harris on the excitement over Katanji Brown Jackson. You know, there's so much about what's happening in the world now that is presenting some of the worst of this moment and human behaviors and then we have a moment like this that I think reminds us that there is still so much yet to accomplish and that we can accomplish. Okay, so she just throws some words together. It's not even worth it. And I do, the reason I really wanted to show that was because of the mask thing. Why she's wearing a mask, she's outdoors. We all know that the masks are all bullshit. These people are all liars and buffoons and frauds. The, all that being said, Kamala, stay with the mask. I think you should be in a mask all the time. Perhaps even one over your whole head. That would be better. That would be better. Now, I just want to say something about the Katanji Brown Jackson thing. Look, it, as I had Judge uh, Andrew Napolitano on the show last week. If you, if you did not see it, we talked a bit about the confirmation hearing and his position, uh, even though it was obvious that he doesn't really love her and her judicial positions. Uh, the judge's position was that it's the president's right and duty, obviously, to nominate a Supreme Court justice. And barring sort of anything like truly crazy in their voting history or in their decision-making history, that in essence, the Senate is supposed to confirm them. That's sort of how it's supposed to work. That, that really is it. It's the president's decision. And unless there's some red flag that is so extraordinary that you basically move on it. Now, unfortunately, that's not really the way it works. Well, unfortunately or, or fortunately, that's not really the way it works because everything obviously has become hyper-politicized. And actually, really, that all started about 30 years ago with a guy by the name of Joe Biden, uh, Robert Bork, if you haven't uh, heard it or watched any of the video on that. Um, but this woman, she literally does not know what a woman is. She said she could not tell you what a woman is because she's not a biologist. Now, relative to what's going on in the country right now with everything I've covered on the show today and the endless craziness related to gender and everything else, it might be important that a Supreme Court justice have some sense of what a woman is. It might be relevant, right? Uh, she also said she didn't know when natural rights begin, which might be important relative to the fact that uh, Roe v. Wade will most likely be kicked up to the Supreme Court. So whether, uh, an unborn child is a child. When does life begin? All of these things. She has apparently no opinion on any of that. Uh, but then we found this video, and this, this is really just spectacular. Here's Senator Ted Cruz. I like Ted. Uh, he just nailed the hell out of her, and it's just spectacular. Sit back and enjoy. But I've never studied critical race theory, and I've never used it. It doesn't come up in the work that I do as a judge. So, so with respect, I, I find that a curious statement uh, because um, you gave a speech in April of 2015 uh, at the University of Chicago in which you described the job you do as a judge 
And you said sentencing is just plain interesting because it melds together myriad types of law, criminal law, and of course, constitutional law, critical race theory. So you described in a speech to a law school what you were doing as critical race theory. What did you mean by, because that was an official responsibility of yours, what, what did I meant, you mean by what you were doing was critical race What theory? I meant was that there are a number of, that that uh, slide does not show the entire laundry list of different uh, academic disciplines that I said um, relate to sentencing policy, but none of that relates to what I do as a judge. Ted Cruz. Like, he laid it out. That was Bugs Money getting Wiley Coyote to go right off the cliff and then stand over nothing. Oh, oh shit. Like, that was it right there. Anyway, she's going to be on the Supreme Court, and so be it. it. It is what it is. The court is politicized, obviously. But again, the question is not sort of whether her decisions lean, say, liberally or conservatively. The real question related to her is, does she understand what reality is? And if you don't, I mean, if you literally are afraid to say what the difference between a male and a woman is, hint, it involves the uterus, uh, then perhaps you are not quite qualified to be making decisions on these things that are going to be kicked to you. So in summary today, before we get to the cold close, we did a little fun thing with uh, Mr. Booker for you, uh, or Mrs. Booker, whatever it is. I'm not a biologist. Uh, in summation, we've got the border. We've got everybody turning trans. We've got critical race theory on its way to the Supreme Court. The left has gone full radical. Show me a sane Democrat. I wish there were. Reinvent, reincarnate John F. Kennedy Jr. And let's get to it. Show me one, please. Please show me one. Please. Pretty, 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 please. We've got some comments from rubenreport.locals.com. Amy says, every major medical association has lost the trust of a huge portion of the American public, and Saki knows it. You know, that's a great point because it's not just the American Psychiatric Association and it's not just the CDC. It's seemingly everything has become woke and politicized. So it's if all of our medical associations have and our corporations have and our political apparatus has, we better figure out some ways to fight against it so that you can live a life that you wanna live. And I think that that is, I'm telling you guys, truly, I'm telling you this. Uh, and it's not just because of this, although I do write a lot about this in the book on how you can actually take a hold of your life and succeed and thrive. That's why the subtitle, it's not just survive, how you can thrive in the midst of this nonsense. It is happening. I, I uh, went to an event two days ago here in Miami where Mayor Suarez spoke, and, and you guys know Suarez. I mean, he basically rebuilt the tech world here in Miami because it melted down in San Francisco but he's a Republican and he gets it and he wants to fight wokeism and he, he believes in capitalism and Miami is exploding because of that. There is a new world being blazed right now if you're not afraid to see it. The Bitcoin conference is happening right now. Peter Thiel gave a huge speech about the Bitcoin conference yesterday and the importance of decentralization. Like the dystopian future we in, we're in right now, it will never lead to a utopian future because utopia doesn't exist, but it could get us to something that'll be a little bit more like a synthwave future with all the cool, cool music and a lot of the pinks and the aquas. You know what I'm talking about, a little bit purple. Okay, uh, Dog Creatives says, can't wait to get my book. My hubby got it for our anniversary for me. 
I will send you, if you do not have it, Doggy Creative, can we make a note about this? I will send you a signed book plate and wish you and the hubby a happy anniversary. Uh, Shooky says, greetings from Raleigh. Can't wait for your arrival at the Improv, bringing my wife along and have VIP tickets. You will get the one second hug. Your wife will also receive the one, only if you want it. I'm not gonna be going out of my way to hug people. If you approach me, so be it. But I can't be just grabbing people. It's a, it's a lot, you know what I'm saying? I'll see you in Raleigh. Andrew Claven from The Daily Wire will be joining me there. Uh, as you guys know, DaveRubin.com slash events if you wanna join me on tour. The book comes out on Tuesday. I know it's a lot of promotion. I hope you can bear with me uh, next week. It's out and then we can ease up on some of this. And then I head out on tour for a while. We're, we're stacking some interviews and things uh, so that we will not leave you in the dust on the YouTube and on Rumble and on Blaze TV, obviously. Uh, if you wanna join along during the shows, you can go to rubenreport.locals.com. That's where we're checking in on the live chat. Part three in my interview with a sane person in Hollywood, rather extraordinary, uh, David Mamet director, playwright, really great guy, is up right now. And finally, we leave you for the weekend with Cory Booker once again with a little something extra. Have a great weekend, everybody. Just finished the vote. Uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson has now been confirmed by the Senate to be a justice on the Supreme Court. And I think there are a lot of people who can appreciate this, that there is a lot of hurt in this world. There's a lot of private pain and personal injury and we live in a nation with acres of ground that's been watered with tears and sadness but today is a mountain of joy today is a day for celebration today i rejoice okay thanks for sharing that was brave of you Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.